Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA playoffs. We talk about our disgust for the Toronto Raptors being swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. We also talk about Boston Celtics leading Philadelphia 76ers three games to one. We also talked about the Western Conference as well, as it looks like Golden State and Houston are set to be in a great matchup. We also talk a little NFL as well with Carson Wentz and the quarterback controversy or situation, so to speak, in Philadelphia. My co-hosts, AJ Catwell and Earl Walsh, join me, Al Quarles, and that's coming up right now on Guys Talking Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Glad you can make it. Got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. So what's going on, fellas? How y'all guys doing today? Friggin' tired, but I'm still rolling. It's another another wonderful day in Zamunda, man. Zamunda. <laughs> or, or, or should I say Wakanda. Ah, <laughs> Wakanda forever. Um, you know, but uh, oh boy, I'm destroying Wakanda, so I don't know if I want to go there. I think I want to go back to Zamunda. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people are too happy with the ending for that to be a good thing. So I won't get into many of that for those who didn't watch Infinity War. So we're going to get right into it and talk about what's going on in the world of sports. Um, the playoffs. Uh Last time we talked, we had our predictions, and, you know, surprisingly enough, uh, those predictions didn't come out too well, well, at least for most of us. <laughs> some of us did get, the, you know, some of us did actually get that predict, those predictions right. So I'm going to just start and let you know. Of course, me and Adrian talked about Toronto uh, maybe doing some things and, making it a series against Cleveland. And obviously we were kind of wrong on that prediction with Earl saying that, of course, he didn't trust the Raptors. And by all all rights, he was absolutely 100% correct. So I'm going to start with you, Earl, since you did get this one right. And just talk about whatever that is that you want to talk about as far as the playoffs is concerned about the surprises. Of course, Toronto getting swept. Right now, Boston is leading the um, Boston-Philly series three games to one. And, of course, you got two games tonight with Houston trying to and, and um, Golden State trying to close out the series. So I'm going to give it to you since you did get the predictions basically right about this um, in regards to the Toronto and Cleveland. So the floor is yours, man. <laughs> Well, like I said, I wasn't a believer in the Toronto Raptors. I had no faith. And, you know, I thought they would at least be able to pull out at least one game, but they got cleanly swept. And they, I think once they lost game one, I think that, that was the way they, the, the way they lost game one and the fact that they lost game one, I think that kind of took the wind out of their sails. And it kind of was like, I, I, don't, I don't think they believe they could actually beat them. And um, I guess you can say they threw their best punch um, at the Cavs, and the Cavs took it on the chin, and uh, they just came back and just, you know, gave right back to them. And it was like as soon as they got some pressure, LeBron James started. LeBron James really didn't have, like, monster games all the way, but it was just once they got rolling, Toronto just gave up. They darn sure gave up last – I mean, last night. That's what they am sure um, but then in game three, DeMar Rosen gets benched the entire fourth quarter because he wasn't doing absolutely nothing. And then you bring him back and then, okay, we're going to try to do this in game four. I mean, his psyche was already destroyed after you benched him for the entire third quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter in game three. And then you expect them to bounce back in game four. I mean, they were done. It was it was swept in game three. There was just dead man walking the rest of game four. So. I don't know what they're going to do with Toronto, whether they're going to blow it up or not. Um, Dwayne Casey will probably get fired. I don't think he really should, but he'll probably get he'll probably get fired, and then they might try to maybe move some pieces around. Maybe I don't know, but that team just does not believe that they can beat 
the Cavs. And if there was if there was any year for them to get the Cavs, like you said, Al, this year was the year. And if they can't do it this year, they're never going to do it. So um, I don't know what they're going to do with Toronto. Um, Boston, I still think Boston's going to take it, um, unless I'm very wrong. And Philly miraculously comes back from a 0-3 hole, which is possible because it should, actually, in my opinion, it should have been 2-1 Philly. But um, the inexperience of, of Philly in the playoffs is coming back to bite them. Ben Simmons has been absolutely atrocious. I mean, thank God for T.J. McCullough last game for saving her damn bacon for not actually being the sweet. Um, but DeMar Rosen whew, and Al Horford is torching the hell out of them. And um, and if I'm if I'm the coach, I would tell Embiid to stop being at the damn three-point line and get your ass on the block and get Al Horford in some goddamn foul trouble. Because if you stand on the block, I mean, he, what, the last, what, three games, he only got, what, two fouls on with Embiid, I mean, get your ass on the block, sit back there, make some moves, and stop playing like a goddamn guard. And maybe they'll maybe they'll have a lot they'll have better success and down low. But I think Boston will probably in the end win it. Um I could be wrong, but I don't know. It's that's a that, that's a tough hole to win and um, Boston has home court advantage. I mean, even if it goes game seven, you got game seven in Boston. And Terry Rogier has just been eating them alive. And outside of this last game, they had absolutely no answer for him. I mean, Terry Rogier has given them that Kyrie Irving factor, and Kyrie's not even playing. So, you know, what they're going to do with that when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward comes back, that's a, a whole other conversation. But as of right now, uh, I think Boston will be not okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, windows open. Yeah, <laughs> I think Boston. I think Boston gets them in a tight game. It's um, it's this next this next game. It is going to be a Boston and Cleveland um, Cleveland Eastern Conference Finals. Mr. Catwell. Uh, first, I'd like to give a shout out to Drake. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did, you know, you did what you thought you were supposed to do, talk shit, get into Cleveland's head, but obviously it didn't work. Uh, Toronto, he had every shot. He had a knockout blow ready to be delivered on game one. He let Cleveland come back, take game one. He had LeBron. <laughs> do what LeBron do, games two and three. And then you just completely got destroyed in game four. Shout out to Kevin Love for actually showing up for an actual series. Uh, shout out to J.R. Smith for actually showing up. Maybe it's the Toronto factor, I don't know. Um, as far as Toronto's concerned, I don't know if they need to give it up just yet. Um, I believe I was listening to the radio today, and every great team had a situation where there was a team that they couldn't get past. Um, it took a while for Jordan to get past Detroit. <laughs> um, it takes a while for certain teams just to get over that hump. Maybe Toronto will give them one more season. Maybe next year is that hump. Um, but again, I know I said this last week, even though I didn't get Cleveland the favorable coming out of the East, because I figured that Philly would take care of Cleveland in the East, but it's still the East to lose when you got uh, Ron James running at the helm. And I think Stephen A. Smith said something yesterday where he was saying that what top 15 player has LeBron had to go through or had to kind of uh, play against in the, in the East? to get through to the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe not so much when he was initially with Cleveland, but when he's with Miami in the second state, uh, second state with Cleveland, who he might have faced to kind of give him any sort of definitive challenge. You can't blame LeBron or the players that decide they'd rather go through the rest, and, uh, excuse me, go through the West and have a, diff a more difficult challenge to get to the uh, to the championship. So 
Got to give props to props is due. LeBron has been to eight or is now going to his eighth consecutive Eastern Conference Championship. More than likely, I think I think Boston will take it to six. I think Philly will win this next game. But I think Boston will go ahead and take care of business in the sixth game. Uh, Philly's going to make it a little bit more competitive. Uh, but overall, Cleveland is just playing too good. If 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 this Cleveland squad shows up against Boston, I don't see Boston beating this Cleveland squad. Especially if you have the Cleveland squad that played games three and four. LeBron is going to do LeBron. He's going to get what he's going to get. Now, if you got Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, and the rest of the the rest of the sporting cast coming up and actually playing, playing team ball, moving, uh, doing what they need to do. I don't see Cleveland being stopped in the East. Unfortunately, um, I'm not saying they can't beat whoever comes out of the West, but they're going to have to play the most complete basketball they've played all season, more so since they played since the, all, uh, since the trade deadline when they got the players that they've gotten to uh, be the team that they are today. Um, but if you were going to put if, – if Boston were to get past Philly and if this was Boston 100% versus Cleveland, what they have now, where I'm talking 100% Boston being Kyrie and uh, Gordon being 100%, probably would have to give the edge to Boston just because Kyrie is that X factor. Kyrie just got uh, ice in his veins and doesn't really care so much. I, I don't see a second person on Cleveland squad being like a Kyrie type of assassin that LeBron would need in that particular series. But being that's not the case, uh, I'm seeing a well-rested Cleveland being that LeBron is going to have four solid days of rest. I don't see Boston. I see the series probably going six at the most. Uh, Boston is going to give them every bit of a go, but I don't see them, you know, the youth and inexperience are probably going to catch up to them at that point. And Cleveland is going to prevail. Um, the West is still too early to call. We still believe Golden State and Houston is going to be in the championship. And then it's this kind of a toss-up. Whoever plays better ball, if I had to, if I had to be a betting man, I probably wouldn't because uh, <laughs> I don't want to lose – because Houston has just as good a shot as any to be Golden State. But Golden State, they're coming back healthy. Uh, Steph is coming back. She lights out first game back like as if, you know, he ain't never been missed, even though he missed damn near six weeks towards the end of the season. So it's really coming down to the degree when it comes to basketball. And uh, I think this is what everybody's – everybody's been looking for. And I think really what people, people really don't want this, but more than likely is going to be uh, <laughs> Golden Golden State, Cleveland, round whatever it is that you want to call it for the NBA championship, in my opinion. Uh, I really hope that that's not the case. Um, because you know me, I'm – I'm straight tired of a Cleveland Golden State. I'll take Cleveland whoever. I'll even take Cleveland Houston or Golden State Boston or Philly at this point. I just don't want a Golden State Cleveland um around again. I'm I'm sorry. Like I'm I would be to be honest, I probably would be tuned out if that was the case. Um it's not about LeBron or, you know, um Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or anybody like that. But I just think that as of right now, I I don't want to see that. But let me let me go back because I'm going I'm jumping, you know, I, I want to go back to this, this Cleveland Toronto thing. Um and I said this before to Toronto, like if you get beat, like I don't want to hear nothing about Toronto Raptors. Um the fact that you got you got swept at this point, being the number one team in the Eastern Conference to get swept like that. No matter if it's LeBron, you know, I don't – at this point, it doesn't matter if it's LeBron James. The fact that you got swept um, being the number one team in the East, I don't even know if anybody that had been a number one team ever got swept in a playoff series. That's something that needs to be looked at because 
if that is the case, you are probably one of the first teams or the few teams that ever got swept being a number one seed in a Eastern or Western conference. That's bad. I mean, all jokes aside, that's bad. Very bad. Not only did you get swept, but the problem with Toronto is, is that you're just a great regular season team. But when it comes to the playoffs, for whatever reason, it doesn't even matter. It don't even have to be Cleveland Cavaliers. I could go back to when you, when Toronto had the high seed and Brooklyn played them in the first round and Brooklyn beat them in the first round series on a game seven with Paul Pierce blocking Kevin Lowry's shot. So between that, Washington Wizards, the next time up, they beat Toronto in a playoff series. For whatever reason, this team doesn't work for the playoffs. And all jokes aside, they could blame Dwayne Casey if they want to, but they really need to rebuild this team. Like whether they need to make moves, trade either Lowry or DeRozan, something needs to happen. Um, Urbaca, something needs to happen. They don't have the wing like they used to. Um, their bench is, is, is good, to be honest. They should start building with their bench because I think that their bench has potential. Um, but they really need to do something, whether it's trade one of their star players, because as of right now, Carol Lowry and the and DeMar DeRozan is not enough to get them further than a second-round playoff series. And that's bad, being though that they've been on the same team for roughly about four or five years now together. And – to be honest, it's almost ideally how, like, Washington is with John Wall and Bradley Bill because they're not going to get further into the playoffs with them being the star roles, the star players. They need somebody else. They need a third guy that is consistently scoring. And they don't have that in Washington. They don't have that in Toronto. They don't have that in Portland. That's why Portland got um, swept, even though they had stars and Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they need somebody as a third wing or a third scorer that's consistent. They don't have that consistency. So I give Cleveland tons of credit because, to be honest, they did what they were supposed to do. And to be honest, Cleveland now is playing with every all their ducks in a row and with confidence now. And that's pretty scary because they was just in a seven-game series with Indiana. And to think about it, Indiana gave them more of a competition than Toronto, who was the number one team in the East. So as far as Toronto is concerned, they really need to do something as far as blowing it up. They need to complete rebuild. And I know that people are saying that, you know, they need to add star, another star player. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And they really need to rethink about redoing their whole team and start from scratch. I think they'll be more beneficial that way. To be honest, they should already know now that this team as currently constructed is not going to get them into the Eastern Conference Finals, especially with Philly and Boston and all the other teams that are on the come up. So, I'm, I'm, I was very, I'm, I was completely disappointed in Toronto. Like not to even get one game. That's that's just that's the same. That's the same. The bench Lamar, the Rosen in the in the third game, and now he's all completely shot. He gets in the fourth game, he gets ejected for a for, for a foul. Um, that was on Jordan Clarkson. Like you could tell, like their whole team was demoralized, and it was a shame. Now, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, like you said, that could team constructed as is is not going to be LeBron, you know, that Cleveland Cavaliers team. I don't think it would have been Cleveland Cavaliers team before they made all the trades, and it definitely couldn't beat them after they made all the trades. I don't know whether they're really psyched out with LeBron James. I mean, that team was a poor matchup for um, Cleveland Cavaliers, whereas the Pacers matched up very, very well against them. Um, that's why I think that game was seven games. And um, I have a theory about how I think this whole playoffs is actually going to go. Um, but um, I, I'm with you. I uh, Like I said, K- Casey probably shouldn't get fired, but he probably will because they're going to drop the onus on him, and he's the easiest person to um, 
get rid of or change the players, whether it's DeMar Rosen and Kyle Lowry. I mean, you both signed into a hundred million plus, you know, contracts. So how you move those pieces around, trade them, you know, that's going to be a bit more of a GM's, you know, decision. But yeah, that team, whether you get rid of both of them or you get rid of one of them, yeah, something is, something's going to change. You can't go three years in a row and then get swept as a number one seed by Cleveland and then bring back that whole team as is next year. With that, no, some, somebody or somebody's is not going to be there come to start the next NBA season. I can guarantee that. And to make things worse, they don't even have their pick for this year because we got it. Brooklyn has it. So... <laughs> When they traded, when we got, when we took Demar the I mean Demari uh, Cow, so they don't have no picks for this 2018 draft. So is that the same? Is that the same pick that the that the Cavs have? No, 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 no. no. Cavs have our Brooklyn pick, um, which they got from Boston, but we traded for Demari Carroll and took um, the Toronto's pick in the first round. Okay. So we we I mean we got that in exchange. Who we gave away? We gave away Justin Hamilton, um, who they don't even have anymore. Um, for Damari Carroll, the Brooklyn pick, and something else because they wanted to shed Damari Carroll's contract, and we took it with the addition of the pick. So, but I'm I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. E, what what's your theory? My theory. <laughs> <sighs> And I don't even want to really want to see this, but you know, with all this, all this grand talk about is LeBron better than Jordan, or let me phrase that: has it has LeBron gotten up to goat status with Jordan or whatever? The way this Cavaliers team is starting to look, at least in this, and this could be this series, and I'm hoping I'm totally wrong because it didn't look like it; it they didn't look good at all against the Pacers, but um. I have a feeling the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be like how the New York Giants were in 07, where they were the sixth seed. Nobody had really given them much of a, of a shot to win it all. Or make it – no one gave them a shot to make it to the Super Bowl, let alone beat the New England Patriots, who were, I think, by far, for most people's opinion, the better team, the undefeated team. I can see – Things breaking for the Cleveland Cavaliers way. I can see them going in there and beating Boston in five, maybe six. I can see Houston and Golden State both winning. And I can see Houston playing unbelievably lights out against Golden State and beat Golden State and make it to the and make it to the NBA Finals. If Houston plays Cleveland in the NBA Finals, Cleveland will beat them. And I, and I have a bad feeling that's how this is all going to turn out because the NBA and the marketing people, well, and, and we all said that if LeBron James is in a win-win situation, if he wins, you know, everything NBA Finals and takes this team, he's going to be the greatest thing ever because that team is supposed to be like the worst that he can pull across. If he loses, it's not his fault. It's going to be because he has a bad team. So, NBA and the TV is actually going to make excuses because they don't want their their bread and butter man to be labeled a loser. But I have a bad feeling Cleveland's going to ride this wave, get a whole bunch of breaks, and if they get Houston in the finals, they're going to beat they're going to beat Houston. I think Houston's going to beat Golden State. That's an interesting theory. If Cleveland gets the Cavs, I mean, gets um, Cleveland gets Golden State in the finals, Golden State is going to win. That's an interesting theory. But, but I'm, I, I, I will say, I, I, as much as I say that, I, I, st- I still don't have them pegged as, as winning. I mean, get, even if they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, I still don't have them pegged as winning it. Um, I, I really believe that, I mean, to be honest, and I know I said before about the Sixers um, having an equal chance of making it to the finals, which now I completely hated <laughs> that. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think the Sixers messed up. They should have put TJ in, in game three. They should have made that change at least after game two because 
everybody knew it after game two that Ben Simmons can't do everything by himself. He needs an additional person to bring the ball up. And until he gets to that point where he's not only passing but hitting his jumpers, he needs somebody to, to pass him the ball in transition. That's how he's going to get his points. So that's why T.J. McCollum was so ideal. Um, I, to be honest, everybody was saying how come he hasn't got more time to begin with. So when they saw him inserted, when I saw him inserted into the starting lineup, I was like, that's going to be your X factor. And to be honest, they need to keep him in the starting lineup. Whether or not they come back, I completely doubt it, but they should have done this. I think it's a little too late at this point. But this And the way Boston is playing right now, it's, it's very – it feels as though Boston has everything more together. And to be honest, it complements what I mean, Cleveland does because they have a person in Al Horford who could cover Kevin Love. I mean, it kind of matches ideally with every aspect that every member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, but, can they, but can they match LeBron? I think so. Because they have multiple people that they could put. Not saying one person. See, the problem was was that with Toronto, they had a rookie playing LeBron straight one-on-one coverage. Like, that wasn't going to cut it. Like, even with Indiana, they played him physical because not only um, Bogdanovich was, was sticking him, but they had Thaddeus Young um, covering it and Lance Stevenson. So, yeah, but, but, they, but where's Indiana? Yeah, and they, they they got more experience than Boston. No, no. Indiana doesn't have more. No, Boston has more experience. Boston has played – I mean, Boston played Cleveland last in the playoffs last season. Yeah, but how many of their starters this year played Cleveland last year? That is true. Uh, but, actually, no, 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 no. no they, their starters played Cleveland last in the playoffs last year. So they have that experience against them. Not and and I still believe that Kyrie Irving, even though he is not playing, he is going to give them everything they need to beat Cleveland, or at least at least try to maintain LeBron to an extent. Jalen Brown is not. He had when he played them last year in the playoffs. Jalen Brown, even though they did get swept, did an admirable job. That was his coming out party. So if you add Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you got. Mark is smart. You got people that can – I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, completely stop LeBron because he's going to get his 40 points. The problem I'm saying is that their team defense is significant, significantly better than Toronto. So they, they will cover the other guys. They won't allow that other people to step up and get their points. I think Al Horford will play admiral defense on Kevin Love. Not saying that he may stop him completely, but it'll be enough to get by. That's what I'm saying. As far as the team defense is concerned, Brad Stevens, don't get me wrong, Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. And I think he learned his lesson from last year's playoffs. He was able to get one win with the – I mean, with the Celtics. They didn't sweep – no, they didn't sweep him. He was able to get one win with the Boston Celtics with Marcus Smart starting as the point guard. So – I think that he has what it takes more so. It's a collective effort for the Boston Celtics. I think it's more there to at least give Cleveland a run for their money. I'm not saying that they're going to beat them, but I'm saying they'll at least give them a run for their money. To be honest, I think it's a toss-up between the two. Because I didn't expect Cleveland to play. Their other members of the team is stepping up the way it should be. So as long as their other team members like Kevin Love, Kyle Corver, J.R. Smith, all of them, as long as they do what they're supposed to do, then it's going to be I could see Cleveland coming out of it. It was just basically waiting to see what the other players is going to do, if they was going to actually step up. And they have, at least in the Toronto series. But Boston is a completely different team than Toronto. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I They're – Boston definitely has a little more firepower, but they're more of a – I guess they're more of an efficient team, so they're going to definitely pass the ball around. Um, they're making Philly 
pay for all their mistakes. I mean, Philly makes a couple of mistakes. Boston makes them pay for each and every one of them. I don't think, you know, the Cavs are going to make those those mistakes, but they're going to have to definitely play like a perfect game to win to win this series, even though I don't think they are, but they're definitely going to have to. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to be as physical as the Pacers because they don't just don't have that kind of personnel to do it. They're a bit more of a jump-shooting team. I mean, they do have some people, but I don't think they have all the bodies that could really be more physical like that with LeBron James and other people. And I agree. I mean, you having a, a rookie on, you know, on LeBron James. I mean, if you want to play on one up, then fine. But make sure nobody else beats you. And unfortunately, you had Kevin Love and you had damn near J.R. Smith doing 20-point 20, 20 games. I don't think that's going to carry over in the Boston series, but – Jesus Christ, if you haven't J.R. Smith score 20 on you, you know you, you ain't winning the game, let alone a damn series. And that was the problem with Toronto. Toronto's defense was just not there at all. They were not physical. They was just – it just seems as though they was just uh, – you know what I'm saying? Like, they was allowing them to do basically whatever they want. And what they messed up is because they allowed Cleveland to get confidence with their players. And once they started getting confidence, you could tell that that series switched just like that. Can I ask a question? Now, um, we all know that Cleveland's defense in the regular season was just pure trash. It seems now in the playoffs, I don't know if it's just because now it's the playoffs or who they're playing, that their defense seems to have really turned up a bit. Um, Because I think their regular season, they're giving up like 118 or – somewhere between 110 and 120 points a game versus now in the playoffs, they're giving up anywhere between 99 and 104, 105. Is that because of who they're playing or is that you really think that they're actually playing better defense now uh, this time around? No, no. Me personally, I I mean, just me personally, (laughs) Toronto wasn't making shots at all. But they held Indiana. Indiana didn't score more than 110 in any of the games in the seven-game series. That is true. But I, I that, that that is true. But I think the defense, uh, they stepped it up uh, uh, in the Indiana series, I think more so because of the sense of urgency. But Toronto, they was just not making shots. I mean, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan was like one for nine in some of those games. Like, it, they was not making – it wasn't efficient. It wasn't efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, like – with Indy, it was the inexperience. With Toronto, it was the – they wasn't efficient enough on offense or defense. Like, when you get – that's just my opinion. I think that Boston – that's why I said I think Boston cancels out those type of things because they will be efficient enough on offense and they have the experience in the playoffs to, to make this a series. But that's just my opinion. I think it's a Western Conference uh, uh, playoffs. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> now, everybody's waiting for the Western Conference. I think that's like more of you have the top two teams. You, you can't beat that at all. Yeah, I think that's going to be the more interesting series. Um, I think Boston Cleveland is going to be okay, but I think that's the one that's probably going to be the most exciting. Um probably more exciting than the actual NBA finals, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree ooh. with you. Agree with you ooh, on that. Ooh, ooh. Now, I know we've been talking strictly East because the East has, I guess, more storylines than the West. The West is pretty much just on that cosmic course of one and two. But if you had to reseed the eight teams coming out of the East, how would you reseed them? Mm. I mean, just based off of what you've seen, Obviously, we don't think that Toronto was worthy of a one seed. If you had to receive one through eight, meaning what's kind of due to the bottom eight now, uh, uh, Toronto, uh, probably Miami, uh, Washington, who would you give that fourth uh, fourth seed to? Because obviously the top four is – Philly, Boston, Cleveland, and 
Honestly, I don't know who that fourth, fourth team would be. You want you want mine? I'll, yeah. I'll start. With, number eight would be Washington. Mm-hmm. Number eight would be Washington. Number seven would be Miami. Number six would be Toronto. Number five would be Milwaukee. Number four would be. Number four would be Indiana. Number three would be. Philly. Two Boston. No, Philly. No, 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 no. no I'm sorry. Number four would be Indiana. Number three would be Philadelphia. Two, Cleveland. One, Boston. Okay. I can swear with that. I mean, I was just curious just because I know every all the talk is like, you know, Toronto was a great regular season team, but they yeah. didn't really show up in the playoffs to, to be deemed a number one seed to consider they got swept the way they got swept. Like, they just pretty much laid down in game four. Like all just uh, to be all honest, I'm so like, I, I I'm so done with Toronto at this point. <laughs> like, and I I know I said this before, and I said this, you know, if they don't win this series, they need they really need to blow it up. I mean, they 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 need a culture change. The fans is always going to be there. They need to do something with the team, regardless. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous the fact that you do all this in the regular season just to get swept in a second round series and to be honest you really had a tough time with washington well to be honest they really got their asses handed to them and the two times they played cleveland once cleveland uh had uh the trade deadline cleveland went in there and just pretty much destroyed them the two games i think that was those were the two games that they actually played kind of well outside and when they first got together and was playing some kind of decent basketball. So I guess if that was any indication of what was to come, I think Cleveland was in their head even in the regular season, despite Toronto having a better squad and Cleveland trying to learn how to play together as a squad March 1st moving forward. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Toronto is probably pulling, pulling like crazy for uh, the Pacers to beat, uh, <laughs> to beat Cleveland. <laughs> To be honest, even if that even if that was true, I would have gave this series to I would have gave Pacers a, a real good chance of beating Toronto. A very good chance. Like they definitely have what it takes. They would definitely. To be honest, their physicality alone would have put them over Toronto because Toronto was weak with that. Like you can't you you talk about we need to be physical, but yet you don't come physical. Knowing that you this is the final like game four. You didn't come with any physicality whatsoever. And then when you do come and the, the I mean the Rosen gets ejected, and that that hit was weak. That hit was weak. Like all you did was really knock out a, a contact lens. Like you it just didn't make no sense whatsoever. Like if you ain't coming with no type of energy or sense of urgency, why even play? No, but I think oh, it definitely wow. is. I think, if, if anything, I think more so, I think the, the, these playoffs is definitely, at least in the East, I would say, it's definitely shown, like, you know, teams that are on to come up and, and how the new pecking order, I think, in the East is definitely going to be. I mean, obviously, you know, Boston, as they are right now, is a pretty good team, minus, you know, Kyrie and, 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 and Haywood. So when they come back, you know, however they handle that one. They're still going to be a very good team. Um, obviously, the paces with Oladipo there give them a little bit more help down there. Um, like a second person, a dependable second scorer, that's going to be a really, really good team. The Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I think right now the East, um, the young guns are coming up. And uh, if I'm LeBron James, um, that window is going to start to close on your repeated roles to the um, – you know, through the East of the finals, because I mean, for years, I mean, we can say it, the East has not been that good. The last two years, it's been a lot of good teams forming up. And I think this year has definitely been the coming out party for a lot of these, you know, young gun teams. And I think we'll have a lot of young teams in there. Um, the next few years are going to be really the dominant teams in the East. And I'm having to think that Mr. LBJ is going to have to look at the landscape and realize that, his run is probably going to be coming to an abrupt end. Question. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, 
Speaking of a team that's no longer playing, Oklahoma City, I think we read a report on Bleacher Report saying that the Brody should be traded out of Oklahoma City. I thought it was silly. Earl, you didn't think so. Why is that? I mean, I don't think it's – I mean, he just signed a big contract. So, from a money standpoint, I think it's probably going to be real difficult to get a team to bite. Um, however, it's not a far-fetched idea because, I mean, you look at it this way. I mean, last year, Kevin Durant left them, left them. So, they basically gave him the run of the land and said, we don't have much here. Basically, do whatever you want. This year, they got him some help. I mean, really, the only help was really Paul George. I mean, Carmelo Anthony is a real shell of himself. And still, he basically was playing the same way he was playing when he had no help, almost trying to average a, a triple-double for two years in a row, get into the playoffs, and the same exact result. I mean, they can't, they can't win um, or go deep in the playoffs with that kind of formula and that kind of model. It's just going to – I mean, it's not a far-fetched idea to have them to kind of trade because you have your greatest asset to be able to – get people to that squad and get draft picks and be able to build a team that could be much more competitive over the next couple of years where you have Russell Westbrook. Only thing you're going to be able to do is the first round of playoffs and get bounced out. That's what they have with him right now. Like I said, like I said, it's not a far first idea to at least answer the phone and see what you can do, but like I said, his contract that he just signed is probably going to make it a little bit harder for him to move, but I wouldn't totally rule it out. There's only two squads that I can sit there and see legitimately. I mean, there's more than two, but I can see L.A. or New York would be the only two up there with their hands and saying, me, 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 I want him, I want him, I want him. You know, of course, and the teacher's looking over their heads saying, anybody else, anybody else, because, you know, they're just so thirsty like that. But, you know, as far as the contract is concerned or what – it wouldn't even be so much – it would be a trade. It's like who – what would Oklahoma City be willing to to accept to try to keep their fan base somewhat ruly? Because I'm sure they'll be, become uh, – Oklahoma City is the greatest team ever to have a big four and watch each individual piece of that big four just kind of walk and go different places. They had the big four through draft <laughs> – and they walk, they see them go all different places. I think Oklahoma City would tear that arena down if the Brody was to get tra- uh, traded away. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. Um, I agree with Earl. It's not a far-fetched idea. Um, and eventually what's going to end up happening, the money factor is – probably the biggest thing and i just don't see them doing it right now with the team that they currently have i mean the oklahoma okc would fans would not be happy if they have to deal with carmelo anthony by himself <laughs> sorry you should Portland. You should just uh, i just do not see them getting happy with just carmelo anthony and steve adams so um i just don't see them from a and from a money standpoint, and from – I just don't see them doing that. To be honest, it would probably be more beneficial for their future to look at some trades, but I just don't see them doing it right now. But uh, truth be told, and there's been talk that with Russell Westbrook being the type of player he is, it's going to be very difficult for them to advance in the playoffs as constructed. Um, they couldn't even win a title with KD with Russell and James Harden, and Serge. So, you know, it's going to be difficult for – I just don't see him being the way the type of player he is. I really – it'll be very interesting to see how – to be honest, all jokes aside, they really need to move him off the ball. I think that would be more beneficial for OKC where you could utilize him to keep doing what he does and have a primary person. It's sort of like the Ben Simmons factor. But Russell Westbrook is a much better player. He needs to be off the ball more. Like I just don't understand how come they haven't thought of doing that yet. But that's neither here nor there. That wasn't the question. The question was, I think that 
OKC doesn't have right now. They can listen to offers, but I don't see they're going to have any bites for Russell Westbrook at this point, especially with the contract being the way it is. Yeah, I mean, the best thing, if, you, if you're looking to get rid of him, you're definitely looking to completely rebuild. I agree, Al, if they were to do it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this upcoming season. Maybe if they go another first round and, and bump out, maybe might look at it. But the only thing you're going to be looking at is young players and draft picks. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, but before we head on out, because it's almost coming close to that time, I'm going to get you guys' talk take on the Philadelphia Eagles situation. Carson Wentz making it very known that he is looking to start week one in the season, NFL season. Um, so with all that being said, what are your takes on it? I know, Earl, you hear it since you're mostly in the Philadelphia area. So what is the talk going on out there in regards to the quarterback situation in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely targeting himself to be back week one of um, – of um, the regular season. And I think, you know, for his, for his sake, <laughs> Doug Peterson's sake and the rest of the Eagles organization, the, the ideal situation would be for him to be ready to go week one. And even if he starts off slow, he still comes out to be 80% of what he was prior to that. 90% to 100% would be golden. But I think if he's looked like he's, going to be rounding up in a form that's the most ideal situation that they would love to have now the problem is that let's say they get near week one and doctors won't claim for about another month the worst case scenario is that you have let's say you have Nick Foles in there he goes 4-0 he has let's say let's say 10 10 TDs in four games and they're rolling hot now Carson Wentz is say, you know, by, you know, end of the month, hey, I'm ready to come back. Now you're in a position is, do you stay with a hot hand or do you go back to Carson Wentz? And if you go back to Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz comes in and stinks up the joint, it doesn't look like he looked before, then that's where you're going to have the problem. So I think the best case scenario, he comes back. Even if you have some bumps in the road, you'll live with that. But the worst case scenario is for him not to be ready. You put Nick Foles in there, and he picks up right where he left off in the Super Bowl, and his lighting teams up. And then now you're going to be like, do you change or do you ride out with with um with Nick Foles? So right now, I think a lot of teams, I think right now the Philadelphia senses, they're happy that they have two. They want Wentz back because they know he's the younger guy of the future. But they're all a little bit nervous that he's not going to be ready. So I see I, you'll know you'll have to see once training camp really kicks off and you start getting the preseason because then you know by that particular time whether he's going to be ready to go game one or he's still got some you know some time to go. Um, I, 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 I'd say if the man ain't ready come week one and you start Foles, if Foles is out there and he's 10-0, you ride with Foles. If, uh, if, uh, old boy is a team player, he'll just let it ride. If not, you got a hell of a bargaining chip if you should just decide to trade him. Boom, easy. You get, you easily get two first-round draft picks for him. I I completely agree with you on that. Definitely agree with you. Like I couldn't even say it better myself. Um, real quick, but before we go, I do have one more question. Um, Rodney Hood, um, from Cleveland. I meant to ask you guys this. Rodney Hood from Cleveland Cavaliers decided not elected not to go in during garbage time of this playoff series in the fourth quarter um, because he felt as though that you know. He deserves more playing time, and he should have been in there a little bit earlier. Um, let me ask you guys this. If you had the position of being an NBA player and they told you, you know, go ahead and give your opportunity to go in, and 
would you decide, and if you feel as though that you wouldn't, you know, you feel as though you should have been in there earlier, whatever, whatever, do you, would you elect not to go into the game? Uh, quickly, um, that just goes to show that basketball is still a selfish sport because if you're a team <laughs> player, you do whatever it takes for the team to win. Smooth. I'm not that kind of person, so I wouldn't have done that, but I can definitely see how these players get all in their feelings when stuff doesn't go their way. And he had he threw he threw a temper tantrum on the on the bench and said, I ain't going in. Screw you. That's not that's me. Right. That's just a nice but but like you said, Ace, that's selfish drama queen. Hey, so they just know that that's one piece they're going to get rid of if, they, if they're trying to keep LeBron and they're trying to bring somebody in, Rodney Hood plus some other players, let's make something happen. That's, they, they, Rodney Hood just made it really easy for Cleveland. That's it. <laughs> Rodney Hood is, a, is, a restrict, is an unrestricted free agent, so he can go wherever he wants. Problem is that not only did doing that hurt his, his free agency value, but and also, I don't see teammates too thrilled with the fact that you wouldn't either want to go in because you believe you put yourself ahead of the team. So, um, I know he rubbed the way, uh, rubbed some of the, the players, his teammates, the wrong way. And from what I was told, he was supposed to apologize to them about that. So hopefully that gets resolved and he is, you know, back in good graces with the teammates, which I think would be very difficult going forward. But we can talk more about sports, but we are going to pull back um, and take another one-week-off layover <laughs> to uh, one-week break, I should say. So, fellas, let them know where they can reach you guys at. Yeah, you can find me on Graham, Twitter, J.E. Ross, 7 at. CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me at I Am Al Quarles on Instagram and Twitter. I'd like to thank everybody for checking this out. Catch guys talking sports every week. Once. Once every week. Um, we'll post this up on iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. Subscribe everywhere. Any questions, hit us up. Hit us up. We're on Twitter a lot. We, we talk. So, you know, please feel free to hit us up. But until next time... Catch us again. You guys take care. God bless to everybody watching and listening in. And good night.